Today's episode of the Silly Goose Gang podcast is brought to you by our friend Wakar Rashid from Titan Sports over in Pakistan. He is the manufacturer of this uh, wonderful William Wallace rash guard that he made for us. Um, and you know, if you want to go check him out to get some stuff made, you can get him at thetitansports.com and on Instagram at Titan Sportswear. Uh, so definitely go check them out uh, if you want some stuff manufactured. The Silly Goose Gang Podcast. Up. And we are back with episode 70, 70 of the Silly Goose Gang Podcast. And we're uh, delighted to be joined this evening my by Matt Baudreau of Apogee Strong. So, Matt, thanks very much for joining us man, uh, this evening pleasure. or this afternoon, your time. It is a pleasure, brother. I already like you guys, man. Just in the few minutes we've gotten to chat over here and you already admitting that the shit you're speaking isn't really English or anything. Like, it's great, man. I don't know. I was already looking for, I was looking for, we're on the screen, so I was already looking for subtitles, but the fact that you guys threw it out there earlier, we're good to go, man. We're going to be friends. Even as Ali was introducing you, he fucked up. (laughs) I did. That's right. And I thought, okay, I'm going to keep going. You just get right to it, man. That's how it's going to be good. Uh, I love it. It's a pleasure, man. It really is, honest. Absolutely. This is a, oh, a, a, a really cool looking little setup you've got there. Is this in your house or? No, man. I wish it was so. I uh, so I own a few schools out here in, in Northern California. I help you know open these schools all over the world. And so this was um, one of the. This is the very first campus that we bought actually, and and uh, had this podcast room already set up in it. Man, they already had this recording uh-huh. studio set up. Which is as soon as I saw that, I was like, do we have to have this building? So. Yeah, this is where I get to go get away. It's where I run my podcast out of. So yeah, it's one of the campuses I own. It's a good spot. Awesome. I'm uh, me and me and Ali are actively looking for something like that. It'd be cool eventually when we get um, shit together and, and sort a little room out. That'd be fucking awesome. It looks cool. So that's um, cool, man. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, so the yeah. So you're in Northern California. We're in Northern California. Yeah. Okay. So we're not too far from, uh, from Sacramento. Okay. Yeah. So how is California today? That might be a, a, a loaded ass question, man, depending on, uh, <laughs> depending on how your part of the world views California. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've always been, I've always been a little different than the California flavor in some ways, but, and, you know, in some ways I'm definitely not, I'm definitely, we'll still, you know, we'll say dude and we'll take things pretty, uh, you know, take things with a grain of salt, but, uh, California is all right. There's still a whole lot of good people in California, regardless of the fact that the state's going batshit crazy around other things. So it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, uh, one of our, uh, previous guests, our, our friend Fletch is in, uh, he's West LA. Is that right, Ali? West uh, LA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah West Los Angeles. LA, dude, so. LA's a whole, that's a whole different state, man. Yeah. So, I mean, California, I always tell people Northern California, is one state southern california is another state la is its own state and san francisco is its own state too right like that's there's a bunch of states in one man so hey you're the best you're the best thank you so much so yeah it's it's a it's a weird now i need to know what you're eating because i'm hungry 
Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I motherfucker. No you guys, hold on. You guys don't have people to just bring you food during podcasts. No, no. no. See, now that's uh, you forget the studio. You need the food delivery first. Ali's uh, Ali's married with three kids, but I'm single with no kids because I'm unlovable. So nobody brings me anything. <laughs> and and I'm I'm married with three kids, so my wife's never bringing me anything. So that either way, we're both screwed. That's so funny. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Ali Ali's married with three kids. Uh, I'm single, but we're both lonely. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I don't know who I'm more sad for, but good. For you. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much why we started this podcast. Give us people to talk to. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> it needs done. It needs done. It's, it's it's funny what you're saying though, though, Matt, about like the California being built because I think, especially over in Scotland, you know, growing up, California was very much Baywatch, Hollywood, LA, and you kind of forget that as you say, that northern part of California is totally different to that whole LA, Santa Monica, kind of you know the 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 TV version of of California. That's dude. You forget that California is bigger than most countries. Mm. Right. It really is. California is a big ass state. I'm talking geographically speaking. It is a giant state, man. So, yeah, as you go up and down the coast, you've got the you've got that Baywatch, you know, L.A., whatever. But you also have the really big city, um, you know, in, in San Francisco, you've got the um, you know, you've got the northern part where everybody's up in the mountains, you know, where I am. I've, I'm out on a freaking ranch, man. I'm out on a ranch and everybody, all my neighbors have ranches and horses. And, you know, I mean, it's so California has got quite literally everything. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. When I think about like California, I think of like the beach boys. My dad was a, a, a beach boys fan when we were growing up. So we used to go around in a, a Volkswagen camper van and, uh, Listen to the Beach Boys, so that's Listen when I to think the Beach Boys. Yeah, like I think of uh, you know hot rods and and the Beach Boys. That's that's what I think of. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Which again, there's definitely part of that, right? But um, you've got so much more too. And and as far as the Beach Boys go, man, my dad was a, uh, you know, he got to meet the Beach Boys uh, uh, a couple of them, but he met them when they came to visit Charles Manson uh, in San Quentin. Um, so, oh. which is a story. Not a lot of people know Charles Manson actually helped write a couple of the Beach Boys songs. So not a lot of people know that. So there's your, your fun fact of the day. Holy shit. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Amazing. All kinds of places today, gentlemen. That's uh, that, 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 is, <laughs> that is the conversations we like. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think, uh, Charles Manson stuff's Fucking so, so, something else just came up about Charles Manson recently, and I can't. It was something that I hadn't seen. It was something fucking bizarre. Ah, fuck! I'll come no to doubt. me at some point. But yeah, the whole thing was yeah. In the middle of the conversation, I'll shout something out. Um, but yeah, that that was a whole. I know I watched you know on the Joe Rogan thing with you know they were talking about how it was like a CIA fucking experiment with him. They were giving him acid and all sorts of shit. It's a yeah. it's a mind fuck, a real mind fuck. It is, man. It's a whole lot. I mean, it's already a weird ass story. Even if you just go by conventional wisdom, it's a weird story. But you start getting mm. into the details, man. It's some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Look at that, so, man. We're only five minutes in. And we already got to Charles Manson and the Beach Boys. That's pretty solid. <laughs> you've got, you've got, you've got food. Ali's fucked up sentences, and they uh, were talking about Charles Manson and the Beach Boys. I mean, fucking, let's just call this done. It's a good. Cut <laughs> <laughs> all that shit, right? Yeah, just cap it off yeah, right totally. there. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so tell us a uh, tell us a little bit, Matt, about about the schools because that's uh, Ali was uh, explaining 
yeah. sort of in some detail about your schools and it sounds fucking really like a fantastic idea yeah man they are um it is you know i say school because it is the word that gets closest to it that gets people to understand what we're talking about but you know the reality is we're building these workspaces for for young people right i mean that's really what it is so i've got you know i've got a few of these that i own here in northern california i'm also part of this governance council um, for a number of entrepreneurs around the world who are who are building these uh, who are building these programs and we're doing this together. So um, it's essentially a bunch of entrepreneurs that have gone, well, all right, school in its conventional style is a hot mess. We've always known that. Um, we know it's not producing the kind of citizens that we want. Um, so we're going to create an entrepreneurial version that we think kind of remedies that. So we've got our kids. Um, you know, here on these campuses, they're taking ownership, massive responsibility on campus for everything. So even this food that I got right here, our executive chef is a teenager, right? Our executive chef is a teenager who hires other teenagers from campus to build out real food every single day. And they know they got to get the food out on time um, to all the other kids on campus. There's no adults in there running that kitchen. It's just the teenagers and making real, making real food. Um, so when I say they have massive responsibility, they've got massive responsibility. They clean every, you know, they, they clean this place up. They're starting businesses. They're, um, you know, they're, they're having these daily Socratic conversations because we're not telling them what to think. We're teaching them how to think they're driving their own academic journey. And then they're producing, uh, you know, kind of this, this real world work uh, that, that actually matters, man. So, you know, we got kids on campus that are, you know, some of our campuses making 40, 50, 60, 80, hundred thousand dollars while they're in high school. Jesus. I mean, I don't know too many other places like that. I told you, I got, I told you guys, I live on a ranch, right? And got a couple horses. My horses were purchased by my daughters. My daughters are 10 and eight. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and, they, and they bought the horses when they were eight and six. Jeez. And that was on money out of their businesses that they started here on these campuses. Right. So these are, we are essentially creating <laughs> labs for building out amazing freaking humans. Mm, yeah, I'd yeah. say so. How, so how, it, how do, um, how do teenagers take being uh, given structure? You know, how do they find it? Does it you know, is it difficult in the process? And then do you see it becoming, you know, clog second to, to understand how they're built into it as it goes on? Or? Yeah. That's a good question, man. So for, for our oldest students, um, it goes really one of a, of a few different ways. If they have come up within this system, if they started here when they were five, then by the time they're 13, 14, they truly don't need adults for really anything mm. at all. Like the adults are useless if they started at that age. If they came in, they were 13, you know, 14 or whatever, and they came from another school system altogether. Um, they came from a conventional schooling, whatever. That transition is ridiculously hard for them to make, right? And so we're finding them everywhere in between. So you have some um, that, you know, start with us. And to be honest, you know, I've got 10-year-olds that are here that have never gone anywhere else, and they don't need the adults anymore. They run their days as 10-year-olds. They run their days like a Fortune 500 company. Um, they are ridiculously productive. They sit down and they have adult level, 
level conversations. They map out their day, their objectives. They go forward and crush it, and they'll have end-of-the-day meetings to figure out what went right, what went wrong, and what do they need to do better the next day. Those are my 10-year-olds, right? If they've never gone anywhere else. If they've come from the outside, we've got to really hit them with some crazy-ass structure to their day right at the beginning, and not structure in a school sense, but structure in a like a full-time job, hardcore business sense, and if they can hack it, if they can, if they can turn that mindset over, then they'll do fine. Um, but, you know, I'd say if they come in at 13, 14, 50, 60 percent of them aren't going to aren't going to be able to aren't going to be able to stand a chance. It's like a transition from going from college to the real world working. And all of a sudden you're going from college where you're just playing, you know, you're still playing academia and shit. And then you're going into the workforce and getting thrown a management level position. You're a jackass. You have no idea what to do. It's that same kind of transition. It's hard. Mm. Now, just because you, you're talking about 10 year olds who, who don't need adults, is it ever a concern, um, you know, that kids of that age, you know, being so switched on that they're missing out on just fucking playing in the dirt? digging holes and you know doing shit that we did you know yeah you know what's interesting is they do both at the same okay time. okay we actually have more play time involved for our kids than any other school i know of especially up through the years where play is really really relevant right so okay. developmentally speaking that's a big part of what we do too is we follow that development so when we start talking about our five-year-olds six-year-olds seven-year-olds eight-year-olds the majority of those few years here on this campus is almost all play-based, almost the entire freaking thing. And it's all social and emotional type things. They're learning, they're learning how to be happy. They're learning how to get along with other people. They're learning how to treat other people well, and they're learning to make good choices. They're learning to make good decisions. All of those things are the foundation. It's really not until they hit about 10 where we start implementing some other um, responsibilities. With about nine or 10, we start implementing some other responsibilities, but even those responsibilities are gamified, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, you don't need to coax a 10-year-old to try to beat the next level in whatever video game he's excited about, right? He's just gonna fucking, he's just gonna go in there and just gonna get at it. Like he just wants to beat the next level and he wants to get better and he wants to get these points and he's gonna socialize with his friends you know, while he's doing it and they're all going to talk shit to each other and they're just going to try to beat that next level and get at it, right? All of the responsibilities they have on campus, including the big projects they're taking on, including the businesses they're running, we gamify all of that at that young age. It's a game to them. So they're wildly productive while also just enjoying the shit out of all of it. They're the mm -hmm. least stressed kids I have ever seen and the most productive. Right. And so then they get into middle school and they start to be able to grasp some of this stuff um, that was, you know, kind of a little, they, they can grasp things that are a little more abstract. And then we can give them even more responsibility. And we start to get these patterns from these kids by middle school where we see what kind of things are really good at, what kind of things are really excited about. And then their entire high school career is all about building a life around those. So you've got the most productive young people you have ever seen and the most self-confident, the most mentally at peace, the most self-aware, um, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's almost, it 
the only part that makes me feel bad about it is when I see other kids that don't have the opportunity to experience the same thing. Mm. It is, um, it is interesting when you look at, um, uh, you know, you know, traditional schools, you know, obviously, you know, I don't know how, um, school is done in America, but, you know, just looking at the way we did school, almost all of it is completely fucking irrelevant. I've never used any of it ever. Yep. Um, you know, it is amazing that we we do school consistently the same way, and you think, okay, is this? You know, it feels like at a certain point we have to go. Is this the best way to do it? That's right. And uh, you know, I'm not sure. That's that right. But it and that's on purpose, by the way. Yeah, well, I would it's think it's on so, purpose but... that it's stayed that way. It's yeah. on purpose because it's not the best we can do, but it's the easiest way to get mass compliance over shit like, hey, we need to shut down the whole country. There's no reason for it, but just do what we say. And the entire country of Scotland goes, all right, yeah, cool. Sounds good. You're right. Not me. We don't know why you're right, but you're the authority. So I guess <laughs> not that me. sounds good. Yeah, not me either. Exactly. I'm getting, but, uh, I'm getting a, little, a little more vocal and a little more crazy about this whole situation now. You know, it gets to the point after a while you go, I can't keep just keeping my mouth shut. We have to start saying this is fucking nonsense. Good for you, and, man. Um, Good for you. Yeah. But that's yeah. it, right? You you develop a population that's got, you know, no no ability to truly think. There's a propensity to just bow down and bend the knee to anybody who claims authority and claims it the loudest and most consistently. Um, and we don't have the ability to rationally think through or argue through well, okay, well, this doesn't make any sense. And here's how I can change that. Here's how I can do something. Like, it's just, you numb the population. What I find um, yeah. ge- genuinely amazing is, uh, as I've seen, uh, you know, girls that I know on social media who were, uh, a little while ago, there was a, you know, a police officer had, had fucking raped and murdered a, a woman. And um, there was a whole lot of, and you know, rightly so, women saying, you know, you know, my body, my choice, don't tell me what to do. You know, you have to, you, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then there was, you know, in America, I know there was, a, because of the, the Texas abortion laws being changed, and, you know, it was my body, my choice. And then they're now saying, no, you have to get vaccinated. You go to about, what? I thought it was my body, my choice. Which way do you want this to be? You can't, you can't have both. That's right. Do you know, and it, it seems absolutely insane to me. For sure. um, so, you can, if you if you train the population to just deal with things from an emotional standpoint and from a standpoint of obedience, you're you can get away with some of the most logical, inconsistent horseshit you have ever seen in your life. Right? It's again, it's not yeah. it's not accidental. You know, we've trained the population to be all about division. We train the population to to outsource their thinking um and we're reaping the we're reaping the you know the shitty benefits of that yeah i mean yeah. um I, I was you know i was saying this to an aunt of mine and um it was after scotland introduced some uh, uh scotland introduced the vaccine passport for nightclubs and um i think is it places that play mute like you know venues that play music yeah or- so I- Aye, indoor indoor venues with more than a thousand, outdoor venues with more than ten thousand, or any gathering of more than ten thousand, which kind of hits the big sporting events in Scotland: football, rugby. <clears throat> you have to show a vaccine passport to sit in a stadium and watch ninety minutes of soccer, football. 
and uh, you know, and I, you know, I was saying this is this is such a this just ends up creating a two tier society, and it's it's not on it's not by accident. This is a this is completely designed to div, to divide a, a country, and you know now they're going to extend it. They, you know it's now going to be pubs, um, restaurants. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, you know it's fucking insanity. It's, in fact, it's beyond insanity. It's criminal. Um, That's exactly what it is. It's, exactly. it's, it's, it's fucking criminal. Uh, exactly. You know, and, I, and you know what I was saying to my aunt, and uh, she was uh, she looked at me like I was crazy, and you know, you know, saying, you know, you know, you know, everybody just complies, we'll get back to normal. I said, no. And I said, you know, you know, not everybody in Germany was a Nazi in 1939. They just went, well, you know, it's just easier to comply. That's right. And then before you know it, uh, the people they don't like are wearing yellow stars. That's right. And, and, you know, she was going, that's crazy. Yes, it is crazy. It's it's literally happening now. Right. It's the same pattern that's happening right now. That's exactly right. The Nazis were not, they were not all these evil people starting out. They were just the people who went along with it. Followed along. Why? They were the nice people. They were the yeah. nice ones that refused to push back. That's yeah. exactly right. And so, yeah, we're building that out again. And again, you know, I look at education as, you know, there's a lot of politics and, and there's a lot of money involved in keeping education the same. And it's the same people who have money to make and politics to win and keeping education the same that are putting forth these mandates. So, you know, we're doing yeah. our best to fix it from the ground up. It sounds uh, like a definitely a good way just to to give you a bit of background in terms of what happened in scotland going back matt in terms of education when me and chris were at school we had a a kind of academic system that was well based around two types of qualifications standard grades and then higher grades at like the tail end of high school and i've got as chris said i've got three kids i've got two boys that are now 17 and 18 and just as they were starting high school, so they were finishing off, we've got primary school, which takes you up to the age of about 12, and then high school kind of takes you through your teenage years up to like 18 in Scotland. Just as they were joining high school, the Scottish government decided, let's change all the education system around. We're going to change it to this curriculum for excellence, and we're going to award a national certificate based on different grades. So my boys went into the first year of that, Aaron particularly, who was my oldest son. And and we went along on the, we have like PTA meetings, you know, meetings with the teachers. And I was kind of saying to the teacher, so how does this relate to what I know as standard grades? And the teachers were actually having to say, we don't know ourselves because we haven't been told. We've just been told to deliver this curriculum for excellence, but there's no set text. There's no notes. There's nothing to run from. So we're kind of having to do a bit of a Frankenstein model of, what we've been doing for the last 25 years, 30 years, and what we think this new way of working is going to be in three years' time because there was no plan, but they literally said, we're going to implement it from now. And I've seen an impact on my boys of them having gone through that um, and the difference between the two. And it's, it's, I suppose the word we use is criminal, that there hasn't been, as far as I'm aware, certainly an option within Scotland to do something like the programmes that that you've set up and other people have set up around the world from what you're talking. Cause certainly Logan, especially I think would have excelled in that kind of, cause he's not, not that I'm saying the way you're doing it isn't academic, but I think, you know, the academic structure that Scotland uses of at nine o'clock, you're going to do maths for half an hour and then you're going to go to geography for half an hour. And then you're going to go to modern studies for half an hour. And then you have 20 minutes off to 
stand about with your friends and then you'll come back in and that continued and it was designed so that they taught you enough that you could pass the exam yeah there was yeah. no critical thinking involved like you're saying there was none of that they yeah. were being taught what to think they weren't being shown how to think that's right and how does that transfer over into anything that he's doing now you know with half i mean that's that's the whole thing so again we don't you know i'm not anti-academia uh, at all and kids take on academia you know academia here they take on a number of different academic sort of programs that they'll weave in and out but um the the question should always be why like why why uh certainly math yes people need to understand math do they need algebra though usually no do they need geometry depends on what they're doing do they need I mean, calculus almost never i right? mean I'm, so, I'm i'm nearly 37 and i've never used pythagoras's theorem once Never. at all that's it man that's exactly <laughs> right and i told you know i i told um uh my parents last year though some of the parents on, on campus is that you know i i went through school and figured out the game very early so i got all my straight a's i got straight a's in every freaking math class because i figured out the game of it and figured out how to pass all those courses but i went back now running multiple businesses i went back and took an algebra two test and i got a 19 percent. that was all guessing Right. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. So yeah. did I really learn it? I certainly haven't applied it, but I'm also doing fine. Right. So when school is built around academia, much of which, like we were saying, much of which is not going to be used later, then what are we doing? Like what, is, what should school actually be for? Shouldn't it be about developing the human? Shouldn't it be about the ability to really dig down and figure out who that person is, what they're excited about, what their gifting is, give the basic foundational knowledge you need, but then give them the self-awareness and the self-confidence and the adaptability to go forward and do something interesting, make a life that they want to actually live. What if we actually took that sort of, you know, sort of thing, you'd have a completely different mindset of the people that, that are coming out of that. And so that's, you know, again, that's, that's our focus. Mm, yeah. I said, uh... You know, I like it. I, you know, when the more I look at you know at school, you just think, why? This just seems dumb. It just seems like yeah. something that we're doing because we've always done it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, today, did you get up today and whip out a math textbook and and go through a bunch of things before we got on the podcast? No. I got oh. up and squatted, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to use math to do the to count the plates. There you go. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, you had to do math to count the plates, and there it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's as much as math as I need. Um, but, but yeah, it's, you know, it's um, yeah, man. Maybe we could have a maybe we could have a, a a school in Scotland at some point, right? Dude, we get some entrepreneurs that are out there ready to roll, man. Let's do it. You know, we're putting them all over the place. And then what Tim and I are building through Apogee is, you know, we're making that a virtual a virtual deal. So we do have young men from all over the world, and we're going to expand that to integrate. Um, some more of the kind of the high school component to it as well for young guys that don't want to just add a mentorship program and they'd rather just have a bunch of virtual brothers and put a virtual high school. We'll expand it to that as well. So um, yeah, I mean, how, I don't want to just, I don't want to just keep this to the U S you know, how, how much, um, how much easier does it make having somebody like Tim on board just because he has a, you know, a massive platform, you know, massive yeah, following. Sense that's i mean that's a huge that's a huge help you know i mean that i know how to build i know how to build the schools um he's got a you know he's got a massive following from all the other things that he's done and mm -hmm. both of us have you know we get along really well and have the same mind frame about 
pretty much friggin' everything. Um, so it was just a natural, I mean, it made sense. It was a natural partnership, right? And it was, um, you know, the partnership extended into like, okay, well, let's build this together. Hey, make sure you're saying something on your platform because more people are going to hear about it. And then I'm going to help you build out your your campus and your school too. Um, so helping each other. Where, um, where, where did you guys, you know, where do you guys go back to? Do you, you know, friends for years or? So we met years ago. So I used to fight uh, as well. Right. And so we met, um, years ago, obviously didn't go to the UFC like, like he did, but you know, had some, had some fights back in, uh, back when it was even sketchier, you know, (laughs) no blood tests, no, whatever. We're in the back of an airplane hangar and, and let's get down, you know? So, um, you know, so I've, I've gotten to build out a pretty cool network from just, just from that sport as it is. So we'd stayed loosely connected. Um, and then, uh, I was out hunting. Are you guys follow the UFC? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, was out hunting with, uh, with Chad Mendes, um, is a buddy of mine. We were out hunting and and he had kind of mentioned Tim and I'm like, man, I haven't talked to that dude in a while. So I reached back out. And so we just kind of loosely chatting back and forth. And when I got the idea for, um, for what we wanted to do with Apogee, he was the first guy that I, um, that I thought of, man. And I was just like, man, I know your mindset, um, is around building up the younger generation. I know your mindset is around, you know, getting Mm -hmm. back to building up strong young men because, um, we just don't have enough good men, you know, and I know he was there. So I, I just, I gave him a call, man was like, Hey, we need to chat about this. And he's like, let's roll. Tim, uh, you know, I think, I think me and Ali would both say that, you know, if we had to build a team, uh, an end of the world team, uh, Tim would be one of the first picks. He'd be one like top two or three, like, yeah, I, Tim Kennedy, probably Jocko, and then there's a, there's a couple of, a couple of UK guys that are crazy as hell. You go, yep, for those sure. guys but, for uh, sure, man. for sure. And a part of it too, I mean, obviously he's skilled, um, you know, as far as all that goes with his military, you know, the special forces background, the fighting background. He's skilled, but he's also batshit crazy, man. Where he'd actually enjoy the whole thing. <laughs> I I remember I telling I remember telling a friend of mine who uh, you, you know me and Ali are both fight fans, and um. Yeah, I remember speaking to a friend of mine who's I, I came from a boxing background. So there was um, you know, my old coach doesn't really he doesn't like UFC, he doesn't like jiu-jitsu, he thinks it's all nonsense. And we're talking about it, and you know, who, who's fighting tonight? And I was like, Oh man, Tim Kennedy's fighting tonight. Um it's like who, I don't know who he is. It was he's the guy who like he you know, I can't remember what happened. Like ISIS put like a fucking kill list in the U in the US. And then Tim Kennedy like posted the address on Twitter and he's like, Come fight me. <laughs> it's like yeah. This guy's fucking crazy. No, he's nuts, dude. Yeah, he's nuts. He's got issues. And he's generally like, what you see is what you get, too. When you look yeah. and you're like, all right, that dude's a little squirrely. He's a little goofy. Um, something's obviously like that's him, uh, 100%. Like, that's, we, um, that's we it. spoke to, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Clint Emerson. Yeah. Uh, we, we spoke to Clint Emerson early on in the podcast when, when we were completely out of our depth at that point. And speaking to Clint was like that. You speak to Clint and you're like, oh, okay. This guy's uh, because everybody knows somebody, you know, you know, from drinking when you're younger, and you know, they yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. had a, had an uncle who was in, you know, the SAS or yeah, yeah. But you know, a lot of it is bullshit. And then you speak to somebody like Clint, you're like, oh, oh, he's different. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, okay. Sure. I understand. Sure. He's killed people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. But you haven't killed people for sure. You talked to him about just uh, so like he had um. 
if you ever heard him tell the story about getting, you know, somebody was going to break into his house in, uh, in Austin, Texas. Um, talk about picking the wrong fucking house to go and try to break in, right? But this this clown, you know, somehow made his way to Tim's house, um, you know, and so Tim already had been made aware, caught him on camera, you know, he's got things going off on the inside, figuring out what's going on. So he's watching this dude and watching this dude try doors, and he's watching this dude try, you know, all of these different things. But as soon as this, as soon as the guy got up to the window of you know Tim's son, then Tim, you know flanks him comes around behind and puts a gun up to the back of the guy's head and is like look i've murdered a lot of people but never anybody on my front lawn would you like to be the first you know and just and and the way he describes it too you know damn well he literally just asked the question like that like yeah. you want a fucking scoop of chocolate ice cream or vanilla like it's just that plain like yeah. would you like me to blow your head off or not yeah yeah. I'm fine with either. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um. So just uh. You know. Let's go back a little bit and talk about your your fight career and some sketchy hangers, man. What was uh? Did, did, you know, what was the beginnings of uh of that? Like, where did you, did you have martial arts experience previously or? Yeah, I grew up. Um, I grew up kickboxing. So, did you guys ever see the movie? Um, you ever see the movie Kickboxer with Jean Claude Van Damme? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so his brother who Tong Po puts in the wheelchair at the very beginning, right? Yes. Remember his brother gets put in the wheelchair. So his bro that guy that played his brother in that movie was my kickboxing coach. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So he was from, so he was the world heavyweight kickboxing champ for a long time. So before K one and all this stuff, when it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as big as it was now, but um, you know, he was, he was the man, you know, so as far as that went, so he's from my hometown. So I grew up kickboxing um, and I'd had, you know, uh, roughly a hundred, um, amateur kickboxing fight so i had already had the the stand-up background um but i was in college and, and hadn't um hadn't you know competitively kickboxed for for a little while and and uh, was walking by a a mat room one day and i see these guys in there just fucking getting at it and grappling and i'm going all right this is cool but it looks different than wrestling and you know and you know ufc had just kind of started kicking off and i'd seen some of that. i'm like it looks like some of that stuff those you know some of those gracie guys or whatever do and so i'm like i'm gonna go in there because i know how to scrap you know and um, you know, I went in there and, and they just handed me my ass, uh, cause I had no grappling ability. Yeah, man. They just, they let me know that, that that was a whole different game and I wasn't, you know, I didn't know how to play yet, um, which was badass. And I was like, cool, man, I got to come back. And so I found out one of those guys was one of the original lion's den members with, uh, okay. Amrock's group. Uh -huh. Um, so I got connected loosely with Ken, but uh, started training with Frank, um, in the Bay area and um the i i don't know if you guys remember the ifl um was mm. uh, like a, oh the international fight league yeah 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 national fight league yeah yeah they had like, the yeah henzo gracie had the team and baz rutten had a team and it was all competed yeah and ken had a team and frank had a team right so you got all these teams and they were gearing up to you know that had been announced it was going to be a thing they were gearing up to get stuff going and uh, and i was training with frank uh in san jose at the time and he's like Hey man, you know, are you interested in trying out for my brother's team? And I was like, wow, that's cool, man. Uh, Hey, what about yours? Like I'm here with you, <laughs> you know? And he's like, well, this dude's going to be my 55 er and this dude's going to be my 170. And I don't think you're better than either one of them. And he was right. Um, and so I was like, all right, that's fair. Um, I was like, shit. Okay. Yeah. I'll try out for, I'll try out for Ken's, so, you know, it was going to be based out of Reno. Um, and I was like, all right, I'll try out for Ken's. And so like, all right, cool. So he hooked up kind of this tryout and, uh, and the tryout wasn't too far 
uh, ahead in the future. And so I was going to be going to that, but then I go back to work the next day and I get this phone call and, uh, and I got on the phone and he, he goes, Hey, this is Ken Shamrock. And I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? And he's like, Hey, uh, you're going to come try out, you know, next week. And I was like, yeah. He's like, cool. Tryouts are on Saturday. And, you know, we're going to start at my house and then we're going to go over to this thing. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Yeah, I'll be there. He's like, cool. Can you actually, can you make it Friday? And I was like, yeah, dude, if you need me there earlier, I can make it Friday. And he's like, cool. He's like, well, actually you're going to fight on Friday. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. He's like, can you make 170 by Friday? And I'm like, uh, fucking yeah, of course, man. Ken Shamrock's asking me if I can make weight on Friday. Dude, I'm, I can make weight on Friday. And I'm like, cool, hang up the phone. And I'm like, shit, I guess I just agreed to my first fight. And so that's how I kind of got roped into actually competing because I was going to try out without actually having stepped in the ring to do a full mixed martial arts fight. Okay. Um, and so I go, did our my, my first fight, man. And uh, Ken was actually trying to create a league of his own at that time. And so this was his first event that he was putting on. So we had... Bruce Buffer announcing. We had Boss Rutten <laughs> ringside. We had fucking uh, Randy Couture ringside. We had Guy Metzger ringside. I had Dean Lister ringside. Vernon uh, White was on the card. Kit Cope was on the card. And it was just like, I'm there for no goddamn reason getting to fight with all of these freaking icons. You know, Bruce announcing me, and I got all these icons right there around the thing. So that was my introduction, man, which was um, freaking rad. So um, had that. It was a great, great fight, man. And and uh, ended up fighting the you know the next day. Um, a couple of guys, Ash Bowman, who competed uh, in Strike Force, uh, he and I fought the fucking the next day um, after my first fight. So my second fight was the next day with a broken nose against an experienced vet. Um, and so, you know, it just kind of went from there. So I ended up doing nine fights altogether, um, was invited to move to Reno to be part of the team, um, declined it um, for a number of things, but I ended up doing nine fights in a very short period of time. So really good experience, man. Yeah, yeah. Early, the early days of MMA were really the Wild West. You know, just, just the idea of fighting two days in a row, like, that's such a bad idea. <laughs> such a bad idea. So many levels, dude. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I know, um, I know, you know, in, in amateur boxing, uh, you know, national championships regularly, even before my time, you know, you used to fight Saturday, Sunday. That's now no longer allowed. You're not allowed to do that anymore. And that's an amateur. It's one fight a weekend and that's it. Yeah. Um, because it's... For not, good reason. Yeah, it's not good getting hit in the head. <laughs> Especially when you've you know cut a lot of weight and you're getting punched in the head of a big guy who wants to kill you, um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a really really terrible idea. But yeah, yeah man, I uh, you know I, you know I, you know a reasonable amateur background um, as a boxer, and um, you know it's funny when you're talking about you know grappling and it's like what the you know, <laughs> it's very difficult being good at a fight sport and going to another kind of fight sport and going. Oh, I'm fucking terrible at this. Yes. I'm getting beaten up. I don't understand. Why am I yeah. why am I being choked? What the fuck? Yes. Why, um, yes. why is this guy? If I look at this dude, like there's no reason I should not be mopping the floor with this guy. Yeah. And he's yeah. just kicking the shit out of me. Like there's but yeah, it's hum it's humbling. Do you still do any any grappling or anything just now or yeah, not as much as I'd like to with the multiple businesses I'm running. You know, I just I just don't get not to anymore. Time. And that's yeah. when we first uh when my wife and I first moved from the bay area to the sacramento area before we had kids um you know i linked up with uh 
a bunch of guys that become buddies now out in here. Uriah Faber's gym is out here um, in this area. Um, and so, and actually I got Uriah uh, coming on the podcast this week. Um, oh, amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, give, uh, give Uriah a big, uh, a big hello from Scotland, man, for sure. I will, man. I'll give him a big Scottish <laughs> smooch. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I started, I started training down here just to keep things flowing and to help those guys with their fight camps, you know? And so okay. um, I would help. You know, it was back. It was like I was Buck, uh, Justin Buckles, and uh, Danny Castillo, and um, you know some of some of those dudes help out with their with their fight camps and stuff. So I, you know, kept it going for a little while. But once I had kids and launched all these businesses, it's tough, man. I missed it. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, just, uh, just while you're talking there, Matt, about a Scottish smooch, are you familiar with the phrase a Glasgow kiss? I am not. So just to show you how violent Scotland is, just because you're saying a Scottish smooch, it's, it's a well-known term, a Glasgow kiss. So Glasgow is kind of the biggest city in Scotland, so on the opposite yeah. coast us. But a Glasgow kiss is a headbutt. It's known as a Glasgow oh, kiss. Okay. So right. a headbutt well, straight to the face is a, is a Glasgow kiss. That's a Glasgow kiss. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I will definitely not give him one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, awesome. uh, yeah, so me and Ali, uh, we train and we have a little morning class um you know monday wednesday friday we're in at half six in the morning and it works perfectly for me you know i'm like you know I, i'm involved in a couple of businesses and uh i do some you know endurance stuff uh some endurance like sort of triathlons and stuff Good and you. um you know training at half six in the morning is perfect we yeah. get up and uh get we do some it. we do some grappling and then it sets you up nicely for the day and yeah it's so much fun it's just you know we were it saying is, you know before um you know before you joined us we were talking about it and you know we both say you know there's so many guys who you know we'd love to come to the morning class but you know man, I can't, you know you know i'd have to set my alarm at half past five and get up you know it's like you know how do you do it and you go you just do it See, if not, and if nothing else we have uh you know all a bunch of guys roughly the same age Sort of mid thirties up to you know John, our coach is uh, fifty four. But yeah, man, we have fun. You know, we all talk shit. We all, yep. we all, we all uh, rip on each other. And yep. It's just fun, man. And you know, yep. we have a, a real good class, real solid guys. And um, I think that's important for people just to be around that. Yeah. Fucking good guys, fucking good yep. guys, and uh, simulate simulating murder in the morning. Yes, dude. Yes. dude no, I agree. I agree 100. Um, you know, and I and I know full well people. Say, uh, you know, when I I try to be clear when people are like, "Well, how come you don't train anymore?" And I just it's not anything. Everybody's got the same amount of time. It's literally just the priorities right now. Yeah, my priorities. My priorities are the businesses I'm building. That's it. Because I definitely miss it. Um, but the priorities right now are are the businesses. Because you're right. There is no. There is no. Ah. Uh, there is no hack. There's no. You yeah. just do, do what you need you to do. do. You just do it. So we had, um, you know, you know, April May time. Uh, you know, we were we were flying through um, uh, podcasts, but you know, I you know, I'm involved in a couple of businesses, and one of them was insane. And I was also training for um, the Keltman, which is a, an extreme iron distance triathlon, and it took Ali to message me to say let's back off the podcast for a little while and uh you know because I didn't you know I don't want to say I can't I can't fucking do this man this is killing like literally if I continue to do this I might make myself ill you know trying to work you know 14 15 hours a day 
and then you know, okay, now you're finished. Oh, cool, you've got to do five hours on the bike, yeah. and then you know, having to do a podcast and try and be alert. So Ali, Ali said, let's give it a little miss. So I had to take a couple of months off, but um, yeah, and 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 you know, when you go to the shop, you know, you're coming home and you go, I'm going to buy some things, and you know, and you'll just sigh at the till, you know, you go. And the, and the and the guy behind her, you know, the woman behind it, you know, she go, ah, one of those days, and you go, yep, and you go, I know how you feel, and you go, no, you don't, <laughs> no, you don't, yeah. please, yeah. please don't compare us. <laughs> that, that, dude, that brotherhood's in, that brotherhood's important, you know, having a having a, a a buddy that knows what's going on and being able to have the brotherhood of the things you guys are doing in the morning and talking shit to each other while choking each other out that's important and having somebody that just goes hey man pump the brakes a little bit i'm just gonna look out for you because we're too stupid to look out for ourselves right like having yeah, yeah, having totally. good solid having good solid guys um you know helping other men it's it's important and again you know with the apogee thing too that's kind of the whole deal is like let's get good solid guys to pour into these young guys mm, um yeah, yeah. that perspective that with, with Totally. With, with you doing the one online, Matt, just for a bit of background, I, I, I'm a trainer for a, a bound society, so I train adults um, how to do their job. And since the it always been fate, my world was face face training, facilitation, delivering workshops right up until the pandemic hit in Scotland. So for the last 20 months, I've been doing all my training essentially through this format uh, online. So how have you found the engagement with particularly young men? through the apogee online versus the face-to-face environment how's that worked um you know and the differences across that yeah it's a that's a really good question man we have to be very intentional about that so you know i'm same thing i did a lot of the training face-to-face and in in the last you know seven years or so i made my my money for my family was giving keynote presentations right was so i was traveling around the world and being on stage with live events you know and you've got you know 100 200 a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand people in an auditorium. That's a vastly different thing than sitting here and doing and doing this. And then you add in the element of being that young man. So we just have to be very, very intentional about what we are doing with that time. So we always kick it off with our um, our mentor, right? So we always they're they're excited. They get on there and and all of a sudden they've got you know Leif Babin who's who's jumping on there with them, or they've got you know Brian Callen who who's you know, coming in as this freaking stand-up comedian and he's coming in and just freaking pouring into him. Right. So they start, we start off with that mentor to really just get them fired up, super high energy. Um, and just very intentional. As soon as that mentor gets off, it's like, cool, man, what are the takeaways? What do we got? And it was just, we keep the energy going and it's like, cool, what are victories for this week? What are some challenges you're facing? You know, we'll have a, a high level discussion around something that they're interested in. Um, grab a couple quick highlights out of the book you know, whatever book that they're into. Um, and then, and then call it good. Like we want that energy high, uh, because it is so difficult. You know, they're used to, if they're going to be on a screen, they're used to playing, you know, call of duty or whatever. Like if they're on a screen, they want some high energy, some action, you know, kind of shit. So we we're very intentional about doing that because I, I don't know that, um, it's, you know, well, it's obviously it's not the same as being right there in person with them. Um, it's just not, Mm, Um, no, Next no, I've, yeah, we're gonna have more and more face to face, but yeah, it's harder. It, it definitely is, and I've, as I say, I've found that because my world has gone. Comp- all of our training courses are now virtual, and there yeah. was a definite period at the start 
kind of March, April time last year where I was having to think, like Kenny, you were saying, I was always in front of people. I'd have, you know, 15, 20, 50, 70 in a room and I'd be training them. So I'd get the buzz of being up in the front of the room, moving about, interacting, seeing body language, knowing when to change. Yep. And and even what impacts it more, and I don't know how it's impacting you, but some of the people that I'm training don't even have a camera. So it's just a disembodied voice coming across to you because of the technology that's involved. And then there's that impact. So I suppose, as you say, having, I don't have the advantage of throwing out Leaf or, you know, Brian Callan into the group to keep the energy Brian up, but it must, be, yeah, it must be good to have that option. <laughs> and even, even, you know, you're talking, you, you talk the books there very briefly, Matt, and I had a look over your reading list on your, on the website. And some of the texts are, are pretty heavy even for, you know, I've, I've probably read about half the books. Two of them in particular that struck out was Obstacle is the Way and Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for, for Life. They're not easy reads. And I know what it's like having two teenage sons getting to read anything short of a cereal packet because they want that continual interaction of yeah. give me a game, give me something to do, give me information, don't let me sit there and read. But I think it's related to the fact that it's at school where they go, okay, everyone, so this week we're going to read this. Chris, you read the first paragraph. Matt, you read the second paragraph. Ali, you do the third paragraph. And you get people reading it in the. And today, Tom went down the Mississippi River and it yeah. breaks it down so it's seen boring. So, how are you guys, you know, getting involved in texts like that? Yeah, it's it's a complete mindset shift out of exactly what you're talking about, right? Reading is boring and it's going to be concepts that are boring and stories that are boring and we're going to do it in a boring ass fashion. But if, when they come into this program, they understand that they are signing up. There's a whole series of onboarding videos that they get, right? So we have a conversation. And so, um, you know, we're sitting here chatting and then, um, Ali decide, you know, your dad and, and Chris is the young man. And so we sit and have this conversation. We're like, okay, cool. We're going to, we're going to get this up and running. I'm going to send an onboarding videos to Chris. That is a bunch of videos of, of me talking. That's giving you kind of an outline of the program. I'm going to send you these assets. It's got this whole warrior code that you are going to live by. And you're going to read all that. You're going to sign on to all of that. And then you're going to jump in on that first call. And when you, we have that first call with those squads, we are making sure they understand that they are choosing to be a different type of human. Um, and it is very much a man-to-man, -man, like, look, we are going to bring you up to our level. We don't buy into this bullshit about you being a teenager. We don't think that word means anything. We think teenager is a, I mean, that, that word wasn't even invented until the 1940s. And that's a true story. Mm -hmm. So we don't yeah. buy into that at all. So as of right now, you're a warrior. You're a young man that you're on our team and we're going to be elite. And what an elite warrior does is trains his mind first over anything else. So these books we have, and it's in a particular fashion too, that sets the stage for that. There's a reason they have, they read do hard things first because do hard things. The entire book is about challenging the concept of what it means to be a teenager. That, what um, able to do. We set that stage early and expect them to rise. They will. That, that, uh, that reminds me of, um, uh, this scene in Braveheart where uh, uh, a young William Wallace, you know, his dad's been killed and he, he goes to live with his uncle Argyle, yep. you know, and he wants to use, he wants to learn how to use a sword. Yeah. And uncle Argyle says, first, you'll learn how to use this and That's then right. we'll teach you how to use this. That's right. <laughs>
That's exactly right. And he says, I don't know how to leave, you know, read Latin. And he says, well, that's something yeah. we'll have to remedy now, isn't it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's exactly. It. I'm so glad you brought that up too. Cause I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't know if I'd be a dick because you guys are Scottish. And, and if I brought it up, or, I mean, we're, de- we're decks and we're Scottish, so it's fine. You know, Do whatever. It's, that's a good point. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, Listen, that's I, so I, man. you don't uh, have to pussyfit around Scottish people, okay? This is not fucking, this isn't, already, this isn't fucking California, okay? I already, <laughs> I, already I, I already told you I needed subtitles, but yeah, no, dude, you're right. You're absolutely right, man. Uh, and that's my all-time favorite movie. Um, but um, well, now, now, now that you've said that, sorry, Matt, what... um. What size of rash guard would you wear if you were wearing one? <laughs> I, I have something. I have something. I have something for you. As Ali got it there. Uh, so I designed, oh, uh, I, I've designed a couple of rash guards. And I have a... Uh, let, me, let me go find... You guys talk amongst yourself. I'll go and find we one talk, for you. We'll go and get it, yeah. You're, you're going to fucking no one. Is. I, I didn't know no what it is. <laughs> know if he was going down to like hey you california guys probably don't have to wear a rash guard and you guys, <laughs> know where he was no going. no no there is there is a we, we chris in particular has designed a couple of rash guards for our we call it the dom brigade so the guys that train in the morning is called the dom brigade so he's we've got one that's like a neon pink with a huge shark coming out the water like jaws all cartoon awesome. style and, and he's designed another one which is just a way to go and get him and he's in the process we're trying to create a third one where it's uh, are you familiar with Robert the Bruce? He was the the Scottish king that yes. won Bannockburn against English. So he's yes. trying to design a, a Robert Bruce one. However, the reason Chris was asking what size rash guard you wear as Chris reappears is because once we know what size you are, we could then potentially look at this option. That's awesome. Oh, dude, that's badass. <laughs> so that that's is awesome. That, that is, is freaking fantastic. This is a. Uh, William Wallace, choking Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, um, and it's got some uh, Wallace tartan on it. So that is, that is have, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking really cool. So, um, yeah, if you if if you want one, man, I might I, I, like I don't know what size you wear, but uh, I might have to get some more large What's ones made up. But size would you guess, dude? <sighs> Jack doing triple XL. Like yeah, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm all of like, I'm all of like five, five nine and 175 pounds. So, ah, so like, like a medium, a medium yeah, would I'm probably medium. do. Okay, so I have small and mediums left. So, uh, we will, uh, you know, Ali yeah, will get your your details, and I'll, I'll make sure. And then, and then you have to go to jujitsu to show yeah, me that's rad, yeah, dude. I'll have no choice at that point to get back in there. That's yeah, awesome. So- yeah, just just because so we're cool. talking about William Wallace, it made me think. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, there you go, man. There we go. Like we're an hour in, we've been Charles Manson, the Beach Boys. We've talked some uh, deep philosophy, and, uh, and now we're fucking, and now we're back at William Wallace in a rash guard. I design, I always say. So I've got you know I took a picture recently of, um, like four rash guards I had designed. And it's like, and I posted on Instagram, you know, it's like, if you ever feel like a dumbass, I have designed and got four rash guards made. Like, <laughs> how, like you know, when people go, you know, I, you know, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Do it. Can. Like, fucking that's do right. it. Just, yeah, that's you know, right. People, it's like, even with this, even with this podcast, isn't it, Chris? Like I said, Matt, we started it with just me and Chris and our phones. And once we started getting guests, as, as Chris said, we had Clint Emerson on like episode 23 or 24. 
when yeah. we had no right getting Clint Emerson on. And I just messaged right. them. And, and everyone said, well, number one, the two most common questions we get asked is, number one, how do you get the guests? And I go, yep. come here, I'll wait into the secret. Come here. I ask yeah. them. And they go, but what happens if, but, but, but what happens if they say no? I go, okay. What happens if they say yes? That's right. That's yeah. right. You ask, you just ask somebody else. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, all that it is. It's just if, and then you if someone says no, you go. The, okay. Go, that's all right. And then when somebody starts asking you, then you, you try to put the good, you know, you put the good vibes out there by going, absolutely, man, let's jump on. How can I help you too? And that's, that's the way um, the world goes around, man. It's not that difficult. That's exactly all it is, right. man. And you know, you know, we, we would say the same thing to you, Matt, as we've said to everybody else, you know, if you're ever in Scotland, uh, if you're ever doing something that requires information about Scotland, just, just hit us up. We'll, we will 100% help you in any way that we can, because as you said, that is what makes the world go round. That's awesome, man. No, Just being, and, and it's not even like, um, you know, there's a lot of nowadays, you know, especially on, on Facebook is terrible for, you know, people caring, you know, some, you know, you know, my granddad's died or, or, or you know, you know, my mom died and everybody will go, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And but really, they don't give a shit. How many people are actually going to come round? Cool, man. I'll be there. And yeah. come around and say, you know, come on, man, let's go for a walk. Let's talk this thing out. Not many. That's right. So, you know, when we say those things, we actually mean them. Yeah, man. It's, um, we're always and, happy to help people. And the thing is, man, if you pay attention long enough, and this goes for not just, you know, the, um, not just the integrity of, of people's words around things like that, but if you just pay attention to people long enough, you can, you know, when it's the, um, when it's the courtesy Oh, I'm so sorry. Or when somebody is, is genuine and, and what do you need? Or, you know, mm. it's the, you know, you know, when it's the courtesy, Hey, if there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. And when it's the, Hey, if there's anything I can ever do for you, fucking mm. let me know. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, um, you just, you know, not that long ago, uh, you know, a friend of Ali's, uh, they wanted, uh, you know, a girl who wanted to start a podcast and, um, it was about motherhood. You know about motherhood. Yeah. You know, we were, yeah, that's that's a pretty good idea. I like it. So there was, yeah. you know, two friends, and they were going to do this podcast, and you know, they weren't sure how to start. So you know, I, I'd said to, I, I didn't know the girl, and I said, well, you know, we we started off with phones, uh, just speaking of the phone, and then we got some like really crappy headsets with a mic built in here. And you know, I said, you know, if she wants my headset, I'll give it to us so they can start. And then yeah. you know, you know, tell her we'll, um, you know, we'll we'll jump on. Let's do a. A, a, a test run on a podcast let's do half an hour see how they feel and it's just like you know you know so many people have gave us time that feels like hey, we should help some other people totally and then um you know that they ended up not doing it because you know one of them didn't want to do it and all this kind of For stuff sure. but but you know as you said, i just feel like um if everybody was just just nicer and just go back to you know funnily enough you, you know you're talking about mike um you know i spoke to him last week and you know we we're talking that you know can i get back to like a you know a little bit more faith and just being yeah. like a good fucking dude just be nice yeah. yeah totally you know can you help someday can you help someday okay help them right. Right. And don't, you don't have to post about it you don't have to tell facebook you're it just help yeah. the person just go just go do it it's not yeah yeah um like people, you know, the, that's one of the differences on, on campus here is, is that's how you survive staying here at this campus is you treat other people well and you work hard. That's it. Yeah. 
all the other stuff is just the details of it, right? If you're not you know, willing to put out and be productive on something, then it's not going to work out. And if you're a dick, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Really that. And, 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 you know, me and Ali were talking after, uh, after we spoke to Mike on uh, last Wednesday. And, you know, we're talking about, because, you know, I said I'd done the Keltman triathlon and the, the ballot for that, uh, you know, they get thousands of entries every year. And um, uh, there's, there's 200 entries. That's how many people get into it. So the chances of getting are very rare. But, you know, what I said, and I did this, you know, when I was boxing, is shake everybody's hand. Ask them how, they, just be nice to everybody. And they'll, they'll go, I remember that guy. He was actually fucking quite nice. Yes. You know, it's and not, it's just, yeah, it's not magic, dude. That's yeah. so, so this goes, so on this campus, every studio and studio is just a mixed age group of, of young, of young people. Right. So they get kind of the five, six, seven ish years old. They're all together. You got kind of the eight, nine, 10, 11. They're all together. You got kind of middle school age. You got kind of high school age, but they start out every day in their morning meeting. It's literally just a, a, a circle that they're sitting in. They stand up, they look at the next person in the eye. They say, good morning. They say their name, they shake their hand and that person turns and they, they do it. And, you know, and they, and they just go around in the circle. Right. So they're used to just doing that every day. They stand out in front. We got high schoolers that stand out in front in the morning. And as the other students walk up, as parents walk up, they say, good morning. And they shake their hand. Right. You, we just instill all of that. So we got parents that come in to come visit and you get an 18 year old that walks over and says, Hey, you know, my name is so-and-so and and nice to meet you and shake their hand. And you would think we just introduced these parents to Jesus himself because they're just like, that kid just came up and looked me in the eye and shook my hand. Like I will do anything for that kid. Right. And it's, that shows you just how far away we've gone from Mm -hmm. those good old fashioned, you know, those things. But it also shows you there's a lot of opportunity there just to be a good person. You know, the first challenge in Apogee, the first challenge, the first month is to just shift their mindset. And these young men start calling everybody, sir or ma'am. And they start shaking hands and opening doors for women. Mm -hmm. That's literally the first challenge. That first month is everybody you come across is yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You start opening doors. You start shaking hands. You're making sure you're doing those all the time. Doesn't matter if the person is 90 or they're nine. You're saying, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And you start shifting your mentality around all of that and taking control of those relationships. And it changes everything. One of the things um, that, you know, it's quite interesting because one of the things that I started to do, try to think of time's gotten weird since uh, COVID became around. So, you know, maybe three years ago. Um, it's like it's like you know there's a before COVID and after COVID, uh, but yeah, I think maybe three years ago, maybe four years ago, I just decided, I, I, I don't know why, just every time I spoke to somebody, whether it was you know filling up with, with fuel or you know in a shop or whatever, it's just to say, have a nice day. Yep. And the amount of people who were like, what? Yep. Did you just say that? And it, yep. you know, but I think actually, you know it. I think it actually does make because whenever somebody says it to me, you can you, you go, oh, thank you, <laughs> you yeah. too. And I think yeah. it's one of those things that just and it's just a I don't, I don't know why I, I you know I don't know I don't know why I do it. I started to do it, but I did, and I continue to do it, and it makes people, um, I don't know, they just kind of go, oh, this is unusual, but you know it shouldn't yeah. be. Um, just be nice but, to people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no net negative for doing that, and when our young yeah. people do it man it just separates them from their peers even more you know it just um, more, more doors for them 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, I always, uh, you know, always open doors for people. You know, but then, you know, I you know, brought up to have manners, <laughs> which seems which seems a little rarer. You know, respect your elders. Uh, you know, if you're right. on a, a train or a bus and hey, there's no seats left, and an old lady comes on, you give her your seat. Don't, right. don't There's no. There is no. There is no reason for you to not give her the seat. You give her the seat. That's right. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, Man, we've been we've been talking for ages. That's what I was going to say. We've you've been very uh, gracious with your time, Matt. Yeah, uh, we don't we don't want we don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, yeah. Matt. But it's been uh, I have to say it's been one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah, it's been a great combo. It's always just, um, just before we. Sorry, you go, Chris. And I was just going to say, and I, I don't know if you find this as well, Matt, but it's always easier to speak to people who have you know a podcast or speak for a living. It's just it's so easy. You know, you, you speak to some people who don't maybe speak publicly all that often, and it's, you know, you you, you know, you know, hey, hey man, what's your favorite color? Blue. I agree. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I agree, man. I agree. You find out very quickly. Yeah, you find yeah. out very quickly that that's the case. The only time, and I know you guys, will, you know, will wrap, but I, the only time that it, this was that actually proved to not be true is I had a um, an Emmy award winning. TV personality, uh, you big, you big name dropper. Uh, <laughs> will remain nameless on the podcast, and it was the hardest interview I ever had. Period. Because what I found out was he's so good at just the production part and the editing part that you never know uh, that he doesn't uh, have a ton of confidence. He's got a speech impediment. Um, he's got all of these things. So even though he is a widely known TV personality, he incorporates that. It was by far the hardest interview I've ever had. But outside of that weird anomaly, I could not agree with you more, man. It, it but, so talking about that, what did you learn from that interview? That's a yeah, that's a really good I that's a really good question. Um I I think that was and it was early on. So I think what I learned right there first and foremost was that I would never know how the podcast was going to go. Um, and that definitely proved to be true. And so, um, you know, I would have some guests where I'm like, ah, this is going to be cool, I guess, you know, like, we'll see how this goes. And they were amazing episodes, some of my favorite mm -hmm. to this day. And then I had some where I'm like, and like him, you know, where I was like, oh, dude, I am so pumped to have this guest on and it's like that's fine right i yeah. you don't know yeah you don't know no. and that's we, we we've been so. quite yeah we've been quite lucky there's only still to this day and as i say today's our 70th episode we've yeah. recorded with yourself matt we've only had one episode where we got off it and the pair of us were like he was a fucking idiot <laughs> and it was a guy who, and it was a guy who, it looked a little bit like me, but about seventy pounds heavier. So Chris called him Fat Alley, and you can actually see if you ever go back and watch the video, you can see the minute where the dawning realization happens in Chris's eyes, because obviously, like we've got just now, you can see everyone on screen, and you kind of see Chris go, and he messaged me, he's like, that's he awesome. looks like Fat Alley, oh, and for the rest awesome. of the conversation, all we could think awesome. of was the that's guy, and it was, that's and, nice. and he was, a, he was an. It was an asshole as well at the end of it. Like one of those ones where it wasn't a very big pair. He was local. He was local. I'm just going to name him because he's not listening. A guy, he's a local wrestling promoter. 
And I'm a big pro wrestling fan, and I've been to a couple of his shows, and I'd met him. And I said, look, do you want to jump on and we can do a little bit of promotion for Discovery Wrestling because it was in the middle of lockdown, keep the name out there. Like you said, do a bit of nice for nice. Yeah. And he didn't even reshare it. He didn't tweet it. He didn't even mention it once. And we were I like, bought, so I will always, um, I will always, uh, you know, you know, we generally will always buy if somebody has some merch, they come on the show with, you know, we'll go buy a t-shirt, we'll get a book. And, uh, you know, I bought his t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. Zero interest in speaking. It just, Fucking hell, man. Like, we've spoke to Clint Emerson, you fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. As far as, as far as. However, as we start winding it down, we have mentioned, you mentioned a few things that you're involved in, Matt. So do you want to name anywhere we can send people to get more information in your social media, websites, and we'll tag us in the notes and tag it up in the video and the releases when we put it out as well. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're interested in in what the schools are doing, Acton Academy, it's like action without the eye. Uh, ActonAcademy.org is, is the place to go to see what we're doing from a global perspective because we got, you know, we're in multiple countries. Um, ApogeeStrong.com, of course, is what uh, is the mentorship program that Tim and I have. And then I'm probably most active on Instagram, and that's just my name, Matt Baudreau, Boudreau, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's the easiest way to find me. Um, and do you do you do you have any merch? Is that something that you have? Um, we do. We just yeah, man. Um, I've got an alley that I work with too, and then uh, we got a, so we designed a whole bunch of uh, shirts and stuff for Apogee Strong. So um, okay. I can send uh, I can shoot the link over. Uh, okay, we'll grab we'll grab some of those. That'll be uh, that'll awesome. be cool, man. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, man. Thanks for your time and uh, pleasure. You know, if you if you if you happen to be speaking to you know Chad Mendes and he says, you know, I've always wanted to speak to some Scottish guys, just send them away. We we'll have them, <laughs> I, dude. You'd be surprised how often that comes up. So I will definitely have to. I will send them a free rash guard if they do it. When he sees that, it's a <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get uh, we'll, we'll, you know, Ali will get um, some details off you, and I'll, I'll get one of those off to you tomorrow. Um, right on, and uh, yeah, that was awesome, man. It was a great hour and 15 minutes. Uh, if you're ever free again, we'd love to do it again. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you guys. Well done. Thanks very much, Matt. Well, let's call it it's episode 70 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast with Matt Baudreau, done and dusted. Silly Goose Gang Podcast.